What up, friends? If you know about Jobber, you know they do a great job of supporting and promoting small businesses just like me and you. Um, So I wanted to take a moment, jump in here, and say thanks for their sponsorship and promoting our podcast. One of our listeners tuned in and wanted to know what kind of businesses does Jobber help? Well, Jobber helps a wide range of home service businesses. Just to name a few, plumbing, painting, roofing, landscaping, lawn care, pest control, snow removal, and general contracting. Basically, if you operate a business that provides a service to customers at their property, Jobber can help. Check out the full list of industries at www.getjobber.com backslash Britt-Dowd, and that's B-R-I-T-T-D-O-W-D. So I hope you check it out, and again, thanks Jobber for promoting this podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Going to jump right into this one because it's a little lengthy, um, but just wanted to give you a heads up on on the content and what we'll be discussing. Um, First of all, we sit down with Justin Moxley. You'll, You'll hear him chime in. He is a longtime friend, a mentor. He actually did my wife and I's uh, wedding ceremony and just really look up to this guy. Um, really solid dude and respect his viewpoints in, uh, in every area of life. So when you hear Justin asking questions, that's, that's who that is. We're joined today, though, by Dan Mitchell. Um, Dan started Schuber Mitchell Homes in 2011, July of 2011. He's from Joplin, Missouri, and it was on the heels of that big tornado that they had just rip through and, and tear up their community. Um, his, I guess you would say, the, the impetus, the, the passion for home building and the need was fulfilled out of that unfortunate event. Um, you'll hear his story, and you hear him talk about their, their mission as a team, how they started, the growth, having a, a business partner and the dynamics around that. And he, he goes into minute details about how they treat subcontractors differently all the way down to where they don't even call them subcontractors within their, their company, all the way to some high-level stuff and discusses um, some of their mission and where, where they do, where they put profits at the end of the year and how, how they give back. So really enjoyed this interview, some really, really good content. I hope you guys listen to this one all the way through, even if you've got to chunk it out, if you start it and then you know, pick it up the next day or next week. There's just a lot of really, really good business content um, that I think you're going to get value out of. So don't miss it. I, like I said, I know it's lengthy, but I did not want to cut anything out. I just listened to the whole thing myself, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this. So listen in. This is Dan Mitchell, myself, and Justin Moxley. We dig into business, faith, family, how to start, operate, and scale a business. And she would work on stuff. He would go out, he would spread the lawn, do the thing. They'd get back in and go to the next place. And they did it all together. Mm, Did you do that for two years or for one year? We did that for three years. Three years. 
So yeah. she was like the marketing person. Marketing person. We went door to door together. Uh-huh. Girl knocked doors. <laughs> brochured. We yep. brochure hundreds of houses. Yep. Awesome. So we still go door to door. Um, yeah. I think we went, I think 80,000 brochures we put out by hand this year, hmm. which, I mean, I don't know if that seems like a lot, but for somebody walking door <laughs> to door to door, like a lot. 100 <laughs> houses is, is that alone yeah. is a lot. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Do you guys do any door-to-door stuff? We do that uh, kind of marketing in apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Fun stuff. So then Tiago came on, mm-hmm. and then it was you and him for how long? It was me and him. So that would have been... Um, 2016 is when I brought him on board. Okay. So it was me and him, uh, 2016, 2017, 2018. No, it would have been yeah. 2017, sorry. Yeah. So it was me and him, 2017, 2018, and then uh, some seasonal. So literally it was pretty much me and him yeah. up until this year. So yeah. we went from, because we had kids, Brooke phased out, stayed home. It was me and Tiago, and then up until this year, we hired another five people. Wow. Yep. So tell them a little bit about kind of <clears throat> why you're doing what you're doing. Tell, them, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of your heart for yeah. adoption and mm-hmm. what that looks like and kind of what you're thinking of even in the company. Yeah. So, like, for everything that I'm doing, like both personal life and my work, my mission is to grow, serve, and give grow our client base, grow our profits, team, so that we can ultimately serve in each one of those roles because that's what God calls us to do. And then my favorite part is giving back. Um, Brooke and I, long story short, we've got into like helping birth moms, some of our friends, bad situations, kind of started out of a heart for birth moms. That went into adoption and the calling there. Um, So... We have that in our personal lives. My brother, he has foster kids that they're getting ready to adopt. It's all in our family, so it's really, really awesome. We have a really good support system. But at this point, we're now wanting to scale what we're doing and what we have on our heart through we started the Dowd Foundation. We want to get to the point where we scale and have enough profit where somebody comes to us, they want to adopt domestically, internationally, it doesn't matter. We don't turn if they're good Christian people. We vet them. We don't want to turn down a single person. That God's put that in their heart. Mm. That's where that's, that's where really we're cool. at now. And we don't we don't stick that mission on each guy on our team. We try to just say grow, serve, and give. Mm. But we do try to lead them to find their why in life. Yeah. And that way we're doing more than just lawn care. And I looked at your website, so, so you seems know a like bit about us seem too. seems like you guys are along that same path mission mission first and yeah. i love that yeah absolutely that's that's great so how far along is the foundation do you have some money in it yet newborn or baby we we did but it's gone okay. <laughs> which sure. is good we, we funded our first adoption yeah. so well you could have an endowment and never see the impact but you get to see the impact yep as soon as you get any dollars in there you send them right back out yep. and watch it happen right yep it's pretty cool yep that's where we're so at tell them a little bit about your story man Okay. Yeah, hit me with it. I realize I don't like talking about myself, so this is I'm, I'm glad we're flipping it to you. <laughs> no, well, good. you've done a good we'll job. Co- we'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, so I think 
Um, my, the most important thing to me in general is uh, that your mission is to know God. That's, that's what eternal life is. That's, uh, and, and I, that's what I want people to, um, to, to want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think very good things come out of that. So things like uh, a heart for, um, adoption or, um, the wherewithal to pick up and move across to Japan and, and start churches mm -hmm. in one of the most unchurched places on earth. Um, all that all begins with wanting to know God yeah. and, 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 and seeking him and then and the uh, possibilities are infinite from, yeah. from that starting place and so in our company we uh, we want to encourage that uh, but we also want to be an employer where it's safe to not be a Christian mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about that and be intentional mm -hmm. that you can move up you can have any role if you're qualified skilled and have integrity and uh, your faith um, isn't uh, a gateway to success mm -hmm. at Shubert Mitchell Homes yeah um, but we sure want you to um, understand that yeah. we it's important to us and we're going to run the company according yeah. to it and so you're safe but I'm going to give away a whole bunch of money yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. spend a whole bunch of time yeah. uh, investing in Christian things, yeah. and um, and I, I want to help you on your journey to understand what life's about too, if, yeah. if you're interested. And it all began uh, with regard to um, home building um, and the Joplin tornado in 2011. Uh, prior to that, I had gone to Manhattan Christian College, graduated with a ministry degree went to go be a youth minister out in western Kansas, uh, served out there for five years. Um, through uh, a friend, Kevin Greer, at CIY, um, okay. I got almost recruited to come and be the youth minister at a church in Orinoco, Missouri, Joplin area. And it was a gr very fast-growing church at the time. When I arrived, it had 750 people, and now it has 4,000 people Gosh. at it. And I was a youth minister there um, starting in 1997. And, and that youth ministry had this idea that it would be cool because it was the 90s. Mm -hmm. I had this idea that um, the church had lost its relevance. It used to be the kind of the center of life and community. And that we needed to, to make it relevant again. And there is a, now there's a magazine called Relevant Magazine. There's a lot of outflow from... 90, 80s and 90s Christianity that um, there was an effort to make the church relevant again. Hmm. And so I thought, well, in Garden City, I had a church right downtown. In Orinoco, I was out in the country. Kids didn't just naturally come by. And so I was mowing one day and was praying and asking God what to do. And I went out and I just had this vision of starting bringing the church to where people are. So I started a youth center, had skate park climbing walls it looked a lot, a lot, lot, lot like this church actually mm. in fact we had a music venue called the foundry really yeah <laughs> um, and um, I kind of played out ran out the end game of this relevant movement yeah like brought it to its like we had um, X Games athletes coming by we had one of the largest regional 
skate competitions in the nation, the Ooh. Dew Tour came through. I mean, it was relevant. That's awesome. Super relevant. That's awesome. Oops. But um, also super ineffective. <laughs> so. Um, why, is, why is that? Well, um, uh, I think because God is relevant, like it or not, mm-hmm. number one. Um, he being creator. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, and also, his I think his what I learned through that experience is I think his mission or his method yeah. in the in the world is the church. Yeah. And so, um, while I worked really hard to try to stay in the flow of the church by being outside of the church, mm-hmm. that it, thinking back now, I'm like that doesn't even really make sense. Yeah. I really try had to work hard to get the church to support and love and want. To yeah. be a part of what was happening there, and maybe it was me, maybe not. I don't know, but I do. I do know that hmm. the church is his method, and so yeah. the things we that that informed how we support Christianity and and the the what God's doing these days. One of our most important litmus tests is is the church behind this, and that is, do you have elders from churches or people from churches on your boards of directors? Yeah. Um, is church um, is there church financial support? Is there church volunteerism? And is there multiple churches mm-hmm. from the community yeah. coming through and being a part of what you're doing as we think about what we're doing? But in the but in 2011, when that tornado came through Joplin, I was there functioning at that youth ministry, um, that outreach center called The Bridge. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the tornado cut a, an eight-mile one mile wide swath across Joplin. It killed 162 people. Seven kids from the youth center died. One kid on the way from the youth center trying to get home before the tornado hit. Uh, his name was Lance Hare. And in the aftermath of that and trying to be a beacon and a help to all the survivors, 38,000 people came through that facility. FEMA set us up as a place where you come and get your driver's license. And you're, we became very relevant wow. again. Like, oh, all of a sudden, really relevant. All kinds of people coming through here. Yeah. So I got my church. My church was there mm-hmm. coming, meeting all 38,000 of those people. And um, also, we needed help from the outside. And one of the things we needed help with was those seven kids died, but we didn't know where they all were. We knew they were missing for a while. And a friend of mine who runs a home building company in Texas, I called his company and said, man, this is something you can do for me. We don't have time to call all the hospitals within 50 miles. Mm-hmm. Because what happened when 162 people die and the number of people exponentially above that that were injured, many of those people were life flighted out and nobody knew where. Because if you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I know my son was here. You know, anecdotally, there's some information on the ground, but mm-hmm. those people didn't get dispersed because they don't have a home to live in anymore. Wow. So the Beatonbow companies <clears throat> called uh, hospitals or morgues within 50 miles for us until we found those seven really? kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of Lance was actually still in Joplin at the morgue there, but that morgue was in, that morgue was inundated. They had never seen that kind of volume. They didn't, they didn't handle it very well, and it kind of became a national news story on CNN, but wow. that's another, another part of it. So, But that phone call sparked 
a side conversation of, hey, 8,000 structures have been destroyed. No, no. Um, sorry. That, that is right. 8,000 structures, about 5,000 homes have been destroyed. 5,000 residential homes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and we know that you're a kingdom company. Yeah. And they're called Beaton Bow Homes out of Lubbock, Texas. Maybe you guys should come and help us rebuild. Because I'm also in this youth center where there's 38,000 uh, survivors coming through, getting the things they need, and I daily, daily had people there that I was like, I don't trust you. Hmm. And you could see hmm. lots of help came into town, but also mixed in was a whole lot of hurt. Yeah, people that were going to take advantage, um, lawyers. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a guy I can see his face right now. I think he came in there to try to hook, try to help me, but also get everybody's like to, to hook into my um, IT system because now I have all these people coming in oh and the Red gosh. Cross is using and he's going to get all of their data and information. Uh. <laughs> so we had the Secret Service actually help us with that because Obama was going to visit and they were vetting Holy sites cow. and they that guy That's was from nuts. he showed me a driver's license from Montana. All kinds of weird stuff. Wow. So that was all mixed in with Flushed all the good the that people from too. all around the country. <laughs> yeah, people are like Sneaking in and doing crazy wow. stuff, and yeah. I became very protective. Yeah. So, but I wasn't, but I, but I wasn't, and I knew that would happen with building. Mm -hmm. You know, there would be these people that would chase the storm, and so I, that's why I reached out to the beaten bows. Yeah. And so they, <clears throat> over the course of um, six weeks, they came to town. They we toured around. Um, the Schuber part of Schuber Mitchell was on my board of directors at the ministry I was running, mm -hmm. and so we were bo we had both called Mr. Beatonbow separately. My my reasoning was to help us locate these kids. His reasoning was just the building side. Yeah. And in the end, they said, "Hey, man, we're ten hours away from you, and if you want to do this, no one will love Joplin more than the two of you. Mm. Yeah. And we'll help you." And so they. Um, committed through lots of time and negotiations they committed to uh, interest-free three million dollars in startup capital which bought us two neighborhoods which a lot of prayer went into where those neighborhoods would be located everyone was investing quickly down in where the tornado had hit and we were like mm, nobody knows what's gonna happen down there yeah. like that seems dumb yeah. In fact, even some large national builders bought lots that we then, three years later, they just gave us gave them to us. Because, really? Yeah, <laughs> just because. And we located north, which we knew because we live there. Most people move north of the, the track because that's where nothing was damaged and all the infrastructure was yeah. still in place. And so we bought neighborhoods up there. And knowing that there's value in... Well, so at this say, time, in this transition, smart, are you... God, directed all this. Are you pretty sold out on this decision? I mean, no, cause no, no, no. you're, I mean, cause you just <laughs> said some like life changing stuff. I'm like, so yeah. you're, you're going from the relevant skate park as I picture it mm -hmm. to this yeah. with I'm, a $3 million loan. Well, and it doesn't start out business as a partner. Million. It starts out as I'm going to buy two neighborhoods for you. So they bought us about 70 lots. Okay. And they said, we will build 10 homes out of cash for you. Yep. And you are not allowed to sell those homes. And I, I said, okay, well, I'll do it, and I'm going to do both. I'm mm -hmm. going to do the bridge and the home building thing. Okay. In fact, our first home building office was in my office at 
the bridge. Okay. Okay. I can, yeah. I can envision us laying out the, all the, the, the first 10 building permits, you know, and we're, me and Damon are in there. Uh, my cell phone was on the signs. I still get calls today, eight years later. We have, like today, this, at this moment, we have 280 houses under construction. <laughs> and Gosh. some lady called me on the way up here because my phone used to be on the sign. Hey, can you mow uh, the <laughs> We got it. We it got it. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, it was a big... It, yeah, I make it sound like it was nothing, but I can remember telling Donna about it in the kitchen at our your house. Wife, and, yeah, your wife, my yeah. wife, Donna. And the look on her face. She does not like change. I don't know why she married me. <laughs> because I do dumb things. Big, yeah. dumb things yeah. all the time. So, um, how was that? She's awesome. That, I mean, I could. it was more how I could see it made her feel than, I mean, her immediate response all the time is complete 100% support. Yeah. She doesn't, awesome. there's nothing other than that in her being. That's awesome. And, but you can see that she's terrified, you know, <laughs> but I do it anyway. So I feel bad for her. So they bought the lots. Mm-hmm. They put the first two in a pickup there. That yeah, they bought us uh, about 60 lots and then they committed to building 10 homes. The rule was nothing could go for sale until the first 10 were built and we were going to learn their production system. Mm-hmm. So. In a, in a production home building environment, the first thing you want to do is you want to learn or you want to build your trade base. So we spent... And that's your contractor list, right? Yeah, okay. that's right. So, you know, maybe of the 27 processes that it takes to build a home, um, there you have to find maybe 17 or 18 contractors and then you also have to build your vendor base so the people who are going to provide the products for the home. We were able to piggyback a lot of national deals that Beatonbow had produced. They're, at the time, they're building 800 homes a year, so they're top. They're like number 32 on the list of the top 200 builders in the U.S. at that time. Wow! And so it was really nice. Yeah. Like it's a gr- incredible gift. And yeah. so they, their leadership team came up monthly. Their the owner Rick Beatonbow spent a solid three weeks with us as we were recruiting these trades. Yeah. So like we had we w- we sat in this creepy truck Damon's old truck <laughs> and we like we we had the lots that they bought yeah and so we put out we bought some of those signs and we put it out signs all down the road so it looked like we were going to do a whole bunch of stuff but we'd never <laughs> built any homes before neither one of us yeah yeah and um then we would meet the trades there at those sites because you know this um contractors are always saying I got a lot of work for you you know, mm-hmm. I need, yeah. the, I need the, a lot of work price. Yeah. And that's part of why they yeah. say yeah. that. So that's yeah. what we were sitting there saying is, yeah. man, we have these 10 homes. We have all these lots. We're going to build through them. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I can remember people saying things like, no contractor from Texas is coming in here. and Because the beaten boat process is to know more about it than you do as a contractor. So I'm, I'm like, there are 83 studs on the outer walls of this house. I know it takes... Um, four hours to stand up to chalk line and stand up the walls I know it takes this long to set the trusses I know how many nails like how many boxes of nails and what will be left over and so when I'm when still to that to this day when we negotiate with contractors we say listen what we want to focus on here is fair and appropriate margin I don't want you to price me in such a way that you're you're mitigating your risk like does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I want it to be 
whatever it costs you yep. for real yep. plus 15% or whatever we agree on is fair yep. and appropriate. Yep. Because what we have to accomplish here through all of these processes is at the end of it, I want a little extra to give to that customer so that I can accomplish my goal of new homes at the same price as a used home. Yep. If I do that and I've got a buyer out there and they're making a choice between new or used and it's the same price, they win on mortgage insurance is cheaper on a new home. They win on efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna pay, pay less yep. um, on their electric and other bills, so on and so forth. And maintenance, yep. all yep. these things. So that, that in those first 10 homes, they taught us our negotiation, our phase building um, uh, strategy, yep. which is in a production home building environment, you want to be able to hire, it, it's almost better to be able to hire someone who's not been a contractor before to oversee the builds yeah. and teach them how to, all the, all the, all the, um, the technical um, building aspects, yeah. but their real job is to keep the house moving and help the contractors that are supposed to build it show up on time, end yeah. on time, do it right the first time, and get paid that day yep. like right now we pay every day if you're done and mm -hmm. my my con my build inspector checks your ha your work and it's right hey cut the check mm -hmm. it's pay and it's direct deposited 95 percent of our trades are direct deposit wow. day of wow and because i want them thinking okay i have five jobs i'm gonna i might go to today who do i want to go to yeah i want them to yeah, <laughs> the one that pays, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's smart. That's smart. And so I'm going to treat them differently. Yeah. I'm going to treat them differently. Which for is huge other in your industry, too. I'm sure. They start 10 to 15 different things. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So then, if my, my build oversight people need to be more like the guy in the factory that needs to keep that line moving, mm -hmm. somebody who has good vision yeah. and is about getting obstacles out of the way for those trades, yeah. we don't let trades. Um, come into the home layered upon one another. Like if you think about the nightmare of having a plumber, an electrician, and an HVAC guy in mm -hmm. the house at the same time, whose mess was it? I don't know. Yeah. So it's one trade at a time, and we work mm -hmm. on um, scaling down the time they spend in the home so that our plans for them are simple, easy to read. Um, we have 78 plans, but six plan families. Mm. So they tend to be doing the same things over and over and over, but to the end user, it looks all very different yeah. and unique. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're create, and this is all beat and bow stuff. This is all what, this is the gift that they gave us. And they, they give you pretty much, in a package, the entire systems that you needed to, mm -hmm. to run this. And carte blanche <coughs> access to their, their back end, their yeah. architecture team, their builders, um, all of it, until we got it on yeah. our own and, 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 and when that happened it took us two years uh, the three million dollars was 100 the rule on the money was it'll be no interest but when you do sell your and close on your first house 100 percent of all the proceeds come back until we're paid off so we didn't get to take anything yeah until it was 100 paid 100 paid off and that was in 2013 yeah. that we were debt-free and they were out, but we've never, um, we've never broken from the carte blanche relationship piece. Yeah, yeah. So, 
they call us, we call them. Like I, it's been mutually beneficial. They, yeah. when we first met them, they had been doing wall panels for their their walls instead of stick framing the walls, but they yeah. were doing um, they were doing wall panels and trusses, mm -hmm. and we were just like, we can't make wall panels work. Like it doesn't, the money doesn't work. So, yeah. so we said, what would it look like if we just did stick framing, and it saved us five hundred dollars a home. And at the time, they were doing 800 homes a year. That's a lot of money. So they shifted <coughs> to stick framing walls and saved $500 a home over the Sorry. next however many. It's been eight years now. Wow. So you can do the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing 1,200 1, homes this year. A lot of good insights in there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love what you said about, well, you said a couple things about the contractors that can easily relate to me. Like there's, like you kind of said, keep it simple. And then, um, what was the, you said? Um, oh, one at a time. Mm -hmm. That's huge mm -hmm. because it's very easy for you to just get rolling and try to be efficient. Mm -hmm. But then, when you can't backtrack it to one person that's accountable, yeah, it's terrible. And also, also, um, general contractors lie yeah. to subcontractors all the time. And number one, and another thing they do is they call them subcontractors. We call them trade partners. Trade partners. And we don't lie to them. Yeah. <laughs> we say show up when that schedule says to show up and we'll be ready for you. Yeah. Every other, 90% of everyone else says, come today, it's ready. Because they know you're going to come tomorrow or they think you're going to come tomorrow. <laughs> and you think they're not going to be ready. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Every day, all day long, yeah. those two people lying to each other. Wow. And you have to you have to shake that out of the equation if you yeah. really want to get build times driven down and keep the line moving yeah. houses so that's so awesome. part of, that's the and the basis of the faith component part of the basis of the faith component in any industry is how you treat people mm -hmm. you know how you see that trade partner is a means uh, is he or she a means to an end or are they a child of god yeah. who you're who's crossing your path and you should treat them accordingly yeah. and it is i think rare not to be treated as a means to an end yeah. across all economic strata, like where we all live and what we all do every day. Mm -hmm. There's some component of, I need you for this, so could yeah. you just please? Yeah. We're yeah. all inherently selfish, mm -hmm. so it's easy to get in that, in that way. I think how the kingdom can work itself out maybe most profoundly and most without, with the least amount of training is see people differently yeah. and on, on, a, on a plane of equality yeah. there's no exclusion in the kingdom yeah. so I don't know we could, we could maybe be thinking about more women in, mm -hmm. in the trades we could yep. be maybe thinking about um, immigrants differently yep. than how everyone else is treating immigrants right now I think the what's your view on that because we kind of yeah. share a similar situation with that yeah um, I want to I'm going to help immigrants uh, do it right, so I'm not going to just complain about it. I'm going to send them back to Guatemala and pay for it, if mm -hmm. that's what needs to happen for them to get their papers corrected. Yeah. I'm going to purchase work permits and go down across the border mm -hmm. and bring people in legally with a job and yeah. a permit, and I'm going to help them. And I'm not, I'm not going to take advantage of them. We have a guy who is in our architecture department right now whose wife has been trying to get in he's from Dominican Republic and he's been trying to get his wife here for three years and um, when he started working so she lives there he lives here if he goes back there 
at this at the time you started working for us, he might have to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so we fixed that and paid for it, and then we allow him every um, six weeks to spend two weeks in the Dominican with his wife to protect his marriage, mm-hmm. and they both work. She now works for us too from the Dominican, and then we've been um, helping with legal fees and things to get her um, her papers in order, and they're in order. And now they've got a house that they bought. We give all of our employees a cost plus 10% discount, which equates to, on average, about a $30,000 equity stake in, in, uh, the, in the house. So that it's a way we can really up our game when it comes to, to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they bought a house together, and they're so confident that they've gone through the process enough now. They're confident she's going to be here in a couple of months. Wow. But in the meantime, it was looking at him as a human being yeah. thinking about how important marriage is and saying, what can we do yeah. to support what's happened? That's and, awesome. Um, we can do a lot of things within the law. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't, on some levels, I don't even care what the law is. Just tell me what it is. Yeah. And we'll take care of people yep. according to it. Yeah. yeah. In spite of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So backtrack this a little bit to, so you, <clears throat> you get the 10 homes. It's you and your partner at that time. Yeah. And you've kind of then begun to develop a system. You've begun to kind of lean into kind of outside expertise. Kind of what was the, the movement from there? So from there, you kind of went from, you know, back of the pickup truck mm-hmm. to what was kind of your next steps along the way that you guys organizationally did as well as kind of even mission-mindedness of where, okay, now that we're going to live indoors, okay, how do we do this the right way to kind of walk through those steps too mm-hmm. as well? Well, initially, the most important thing was learning the, the systems. And so initially, we just copied everything. Like, there wasn't much thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we found very quickly when we did try to think. It wasn't a good idea. It was dumb. <laughs> so we stopped. Here's the plan. Follow the plan. Uh, Don't right. deviate from the plan. Sounds like my wife's business plan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So many things. Oh, that's why they did that. They don't think so much. I'll I'll think for you, and you just do. Right. That's funny. And that was true across the board from their ministry approach. So right right away we knew that it was going to be important to, even though no cash could be kept by any of us, we Mm -hmm. were going to start giving. And and we asked them, hey, we know you said pay you back 100% of the proceeds, but Mm -hmm. may we please start the ministry component and start – donating immediately yeah. out of some of those proceeds. And they're like, uh-huh, yes, that's why. Th- that their, their real comeback to that was, that's why we did this. Yeah. Because we thought the two of you would follow our lead when it comes to the kingdom. That's awesome. And so what they did at the time was they um, had monthly meetings. They would... Um, they, they had, you know, 25 years of relationships and people would turn in applications and mm-hmm. they would vet the applications and they would involve their company in the decision-making for do- donations. Mm-hmm. They would also uh, truly, truly get involved. It wasn't just a month writing checks. We, you know, they were volunteering. Yeah. They, were, um, they were on boards of directors. They were also saw an internal component of ministry to their team. So Kingdom stuff isn't just outwardly focused or what other people's missions are it's the trades and how we treat trades it's mm-hmm. our own people and how we treat our own people yeah there were there, there was a, a real intentionality and focus on 
being kingdom minded yeah. on every level. Yeah. Yeah. Homeowners, how we treat homeowners. Do we show up for warranty? Do we not? You know, uh, is there this, um, what's typical, this tension between the home buyer and mm -hmm. the contractor where he's going to try to hide things or they think he is and so yeah. on and so forth. So we, all that, we, we copied it from yeah. them yeah. and, and we, we focused on it. And then the same thing with, um, you know, we started, we incorporated the company July, in July of 2011. The tornado hit in May of 2011. So that's how long that took. Yeah. And our first building permits were accepted in October of 2011. Yeah. And the first 10 homes were completed in uh, February or March 2012. And one of the first hires, um, who is now the director of construction across our company and has functioned, he's, he's led land development, he's led, he's led uh, all kinds of things. He was hired in June of 2012. And so yeah. he was our first, like, doing anything, uh, us not, like, in those first months, we sold everything, we built everything, we did all the accounting, put all the permitting together. I remember laying out checks on tables, you know, and uh, Fridays, at that time, Fridays, we, we thought it was awesome to pay every week. Yeah. And so at that time, Fridays was payday, and I'm writing out checks. And, yeah, yeah. Um, we had very, like, uh, once a month we started our ministry meetings, and we were doing all of that, contacting. We decided to just start with what we knew. We're very close to Ozark Christian College. We have lots of close associates in ministry. Yeah. And so one of our first gifts in January of 2012 was a $50,000 gift to Stephen Muhata, in, who's in Kenya, Africa. Wow. And and that time he had this vision of building an orphanage and a church and a, and ha and build water wells so that this this region would would create that he would become the that the kingdom would become kind of the focus regionally in this yeah. in, in this place where he lives in Kenya. <coughs> and that was one of our first and it's still one of our biggest ever single gifts and that orphanage is built. There are two water wells. Um, oh. He's got the church up and running now. I mean, it's cool. Like That's now awesome. we Skype him and just are like, "How you doing?" <laughs> That's cool. Um, we haven't given in a while. We probably need to. That's cool. That's so then, cool. Um, our and our first home sale, our first contract was Jordan Howerton, hmm. uh, who is a worship minister down in. Um, he really? used to be the worship minister at our church, but now he's in um, Arizona nice. at Christ Church of the Valley, mm -hmm. and um, so that was cool. But when we introduced it, the wisdom of not selling anything until we built 10 houses, I can't say enough about that because we were learning so much. We didn't need the complication of someone walking in there. That's so counterintuitive, too. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's like, terrible. Hey, just get it out right now. <laughs> yeah, we got to yeah. get the money to cash flow. Yeah. So talk more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's terrifying because not only will that first sale, when we do close on it, 100% of all that, all those dollars will go to pay down debt and none of it will go to support our families yeah yeah um, but also um, we didn't realize the 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 wisdom of it is that when you inject that customer while you're you know building a home it's like having uh, an open factory yeah. to the to the entire city like everyone drives by oh it's a new new home builder let's see what these guys are about and so entire town was coming by if you inject into that someone who's making their single largest investment probably in their life yeah. and 
how they feel about that and the stress that comes along with that. They don't act normal when you're building home for them. They just do not. And they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So m most people do not really know what they're talking about. They're just scared. Yeah. And so they feel like they need to ask you about that bowed stud or the concrete doesn't look quite level or the yeah. side of the concrete. Is that, you know, and, we, you know, how many times you say, oh, well, we're not done. Yeah. You yeah. Know, calm yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so having that, uh, not having that complication while we were learning the production system um, was really nice. Good you know? insight. I yeah. mean, in the end, you, you rely on your trade partners mm -hmm. to be the professionals and build the homes. Every contract, contractor does that. Yeah. But we were also needing to learn the part where we know more than they do. I remember the very first framing plan. I'm handing it to the framer, and I'm like, I hope you know what you're doing. Because <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea what any of these numbers mean on here. It seems, like, really complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had to learn all of that, though. Yeah. And we did have to know the lumber counts and to yeah. check, start checking in lumber and yeah. to solve problems like where how where a dormer goes on a roof and what the difference between it. You know, all of our plans were 6, 12 pitch roofs, but we had, were building in a neighborhood that was an 8, 12 restrict, lim, minimum restriction. So now we have 8, 12 roofs. That changes everything about the way that profile looks, but we don't have a different plan. Yeah. So I know nothing, but I have to stand up there and, and solve that. And wow. it was nice to be able to learn all those things without the complication of a buyer. Of a buyer, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and then that first buyer was Howerton, and uh, it was it was months where uh, I think we or we we misfired on a, uh, on a hire early with an accountant, and then our second big hire was Aaron Edson, and he at the time was running a movie theater in Springfield, Missouri. But he I had done his wedding, and um, he heard we had an opening for accounting, and he had just finished an accounting degree. Nice at Missouri State University. And they lived in Springfield, and so he started commuting. And now he's director of operations for the whole company. He's been there since for eight years. And so, so he was your full, first full-time team member. Oscar was our Oscar um, Antione was our first full-time. And what was important about Oscar, and <coughs> has been important ever since, is that he's bilingual. Yeah, he was born in Mexico, mm -hmm. um, and he, but he grew up in Neosho, Missouri. So it's this weird thing. He talks like Southern Missouri boy, <laughs> and you would, ne you know, you just wouldn't know. And then, yeah. then he switches over to Spanish, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> That's and awesome. So he's been instrumental in trade recruitment and uh, navigating uh, immigration issues yeah. and yeah. helping people and gaining trust with that community. Yeah. Um, so I've got a question now with your business partner. What was his name again? Damon Schuber. Damon. Okay. So, what? I guess walk me through, I, I mean, it's going to be pretty quick, but so you guys, I mean, what tips, because I don't have a business partner, what tips can you give us for having a healthy relationship with that? Mm -hmm. And then also, what does it look like? I mean, because it seems like, I mean, we started roughly the same time, businesses, but it seems like you guys have grown very, very rapidly. What has it been like at each step for you? Because after the first year, you know, you're just a doer. You're just doing everything. Mm -hmm. But then at this point, you're probably phased out more in leadership, leadership development. What's been the hardest transition in your role mm -hmm. um, to where you are currently? And then also speak to the business partner relationship. Okay. Well, I can tell you there, there are some inflection points. The first inflection point were those first hires, and they had yeah. to be right. Yeah. And the temptation when you're doing that is – 
man, just anybody will work because mm-hmm. you're doing everything. Like, yeah, learning everything, doing everything. You're running. Yeah. Like I remember waking up in the middle of the night having anxiety attacks because I was sure I had forgotten something. Yeah. And um, but those first hires for us were God ordained. They were bathed in prayer. They, yeah. you know, it's almost like they just showed up at the perfect time and yeah. then, and then doing a good job of helping them grow, even in spite of the fact that you yourself are very stressed yeah. and uh, doing everything you can to make ends meet. The next <coughs> inflection point was um, determining that we needed we we needed software to manage our business that could manage across from from the daily construction management to the accounting mm-hmm. and everything in between sales all that stuff yeah. the early days we were on spreadsheets i or or paper folders in the back of my truck in a in a and so i went to a conference to learn about development because we were going to have to start building our own neighborhood we ran out of our lots and it was time to find more lots and yeah. so now all of a sudden i'm going to have to build developments from scratch yeah so that's the next learning that i have to do but in the learn in that i went to a conference in atlanta and met some software developers okay. that had a comprehensive solution after many months of searching for that. And we brought it back, deployed it, and now our entire business is run off of that Mark Systems software platform. Yeah. And that was what made us scalable. Okay. That's what made us truly scalable. And it helped our construction management team out in the field. You know, they can operate off of iPads. They, can, mm-hmm. they have every, all the information they need right there, the home plans. Yep. And, and all of our trades have that same work off of that same system. So, like when sales sells a house and contracts it, mm-hmm. the very first set of purchase and work orders are automatically sent to all of the places that they need to be sent. Nice. And then when now then those get sent and people people start showing up three weeks later on site and they somebody lays out the house and then the next guy shows up. It's all coming to their yeah. uh, their app on their phone, their work orders are. And then there's always a trigger work order. When that work's complete, the next set of POs and work orders goes out, wow. and so on and so forth through yeah. five sets. It's and so that like was an inflection work. point, yeah. and that was life-changing for what Damon and I would have to do every day. Yeah. Um, it took a whole bunch of things off the plate, but it was a very big project, it took nine months, because every single two-by-four is in the system. We, you have to break down every house and know exactly how many bundles of shingles, wow. exactly how many pieces of lumber and what types and kinds and prices. Yeah. It all has to be in there mm-hmm. or it doesn't work. Yeah. And that took nine months to accomplish. And Aaron, the second employee we, employee we ever hired, is the one who did that job. Did that. Wow. And that made him very valuable very quickly. <laughs> um, the, the partnership dynamic... Um, it, it, you're you're you hit the nail on the head. You got to be careful about who you partner with, mm-hmm. and I don't I I don't I don't know that there's any magic beans other than getting you know being humble. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, like with any relationship, just yeah. you know, you marry two leaders together, and there's going to be um, differences of opinion, but mm-hmm. um, man, humility and uh, a tie. God tends to. Um, level the playing field a little bit and and again back to what where we started which is I want people I want me to want God mm-hmm. more than any other thing that I might want yeah. and when that's true then I have what I want 
Yeah. So I don't have to fight for it with Damon yeah. or um, with anyone else at all yeah. in the world. Yeah. I have what I want. Yeah. So uh, that brings a certain understanding, a certain level of um, humility. And I will say I haven't been perfect yeah. over these last eight years in that regard. Yeah. There have been tough times. We haven't always agreed, and I haven't always been really nice about it. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't either. Yeah. But um, that is, that's all centered around commitment to, yeah. Yeah. to one another and to the kingdom idea. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what kind of has gotten us through is commitment to each other and commitment to the idea that um, what we want, ultimately what we want, we already have. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Have you added another partner in the last couple years? We've talked about that. That was another inflection point. So first employees, Mm -hmm. Oscar and Aaron, that was a good choice. And it really changed our lives. Next inflection point, software to run the entire business from construction management to accounting to sales. Third inflection point, a partner, a third partner. Mm -hmm. And this uh, happened because of the second inflection point that made us scalable. So this guy, who is our third partner, when he, we met him through a land transaction. He had some land we wanted to build some houses on. Yeah. So we started (coughs) talking to him because it seemed like multiple times he had land all over the place. We kept having to call this guy about land. And he, a couple of times, called us about some land he wanted. His name's Joe Harris. And at the time he worked for Leggett & Platt, which is a Fortune 500 company five billion dollar company in Carthage, Missouri, and he's a top 10 employee. His job for Leggett and Platt was to fly around the world and purchase companies for Leggett and Platt to expand. What Leggett and Platt does is they 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 build comfort products. So the, the cushions and, and springs in your car seats yeah. or in any of your chairs, all furniture, they have all <coughs> the parts. Okay that all the furniture makers and all the car seat manufacturers, they all purchased those from Leggett and Platt. And Leggett and Platt, during Joe's tenure there, was uh, purchasing factories and, and things around the world so they could distribute their products to a broader spectrum of companies hmm. that produce chairs and things like that. So other Very car cool. companies, other yeah. furniture companies in the China markets or East Asia or places like that. Okay. And so he was really good at vetting a company, determining if it was going to be scalable and what might need to take place to make it even more profitable and better in the future. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously, while he was building his career at Leggett and Platt, he had developed 25 debt-free rental homes as his kind of retirement. So in the evenings, mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. Yeah. And he had built that up to 25 homes. Um, so he's our kind of guy, like, he didn't take anything from that. Like he would, his first rental home, he went ahead and moved his family into it, finished it out, sold it, moved his family into the next one, and nice. just until he had five or six, and then he got his own home, and then he started, he, yep. he yep. would roll that money over until he had 25, and that's how he paid to buy in, is he <coughs> sold us his rental portfolio, yep. and we sold that off. Yep. And, um, and then his, expertise is banking and operations accounting and uh, that was a real professional upgrade for Schubert Mitchell Holmes to bring him onto the team at a partnership level and it was a real flattering thing to have someone 
whose job for a Fortune 500 company is to vet companies to purchase, mm -hmm. and he took his own personal money and cashed his chips. Yeah, that's awesome. And then that was the third big inflection point and game changer for awesome. our growth. When, when did that happen? That happened in 2014. 2014, okay. Yeah, it didn't take very long. Well, actually, I think the, the deal resolved. He's been here. Yeah, the deal was consummated <coughs> in 2015. We met him in 2014. And he goes to church with us. Um, yeah, you know, same values. He is, um, like, Damon is marketing and sales. Yeah. I'm, uh, I don't know what I am, but <laughs> I'll get it done, I guess is probably what I am. I do all the build, I've, I've built the build side of it and the development side of it yeah. completely. Yeah. All those men and all those teams, mm -hmm. that's what I've done. Yeah. Damon is sales and marketing, and Joe is back, si back end operations, mm -hmm. accounting, banking, purchasing. Um, awesome. And it, it's a really good combination. And Joe's a real leveling agent. Like he's yeah. he's just playing chess. There's yeah. no emotion. Yeah. Like Damon and I are more emotional on different levels. Yeah. You know. So it's it's a good good mix. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So what is? Um, I don't know. We've been going a while, so I won't yeah, keep sorry. firing questions at no, you. Okay. But what what's your role like now? I mean, you guys are scaled out. You've got good partners. You've got systems in place. What is your What's your role? What's your day-to-day -day function right now? Yeah, so I still run development and um, and home the home building side, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm on the leadership team. So now we've Damon, Joe, and me. Um, we're we're on the leadership team along with Oscar and Aaron. We just elevated Oscar and Aaron to the leadership team um, nine months ago. Okay, and so the five of us um, are over everything on some level, mm -hmm. and. Instead of us uh, kind of having our cordoned off areas, now we more likely all together talk land strategy, talk hiring strategy, talk um, expansion strategy, mm -hmm. and we work together to, to determine intention, what the intentions <coughs> are for the next two to five years, things like mission, vision, value statements, mm -hmm. um, and how they we're going to live those out in our company. Um, we are leading on, like we've just expanded, the, the fourth inflection point mm -hmm. is that we expanded to Northwest Arkansas. Right. Um, in 2018, we built, or we closed on 170 homes. Wow. At the end of this year, we will close on 356 homes. So in one year, that's a significant wow. growth path, yep. and it's all related to entering the Northwest Arkansas market. Yeah. And we've built a complete team out down there. We have 700 lots in front of us down there. <clears throat> um, and that was a big, big, big That's game crazy. changer. And it's the, it's the gateway <laughs> to real growth because anytime you can duplicate what you've done mm -hmm. and it goes well, um, the next time you have to do that, you will eliminate hopefully eliminate some of the mistakes yeah. you made and hindsight's 2020 right, right. do it a little and better so, a little quicker mm -hmm. so now we can look at expansion in northwest arkansas and we're and we're eyeing tulsa and springfield and so that's what the leadership team does is we yeah. kind of determine you know we're we're generating capital for expansion or for whatever else we might want to use it for and the leadership team is like well how if we have a million dollars where we get where can it best be used yeah for our team to grow our company for the kingdom yeah. and things like that. And so 
Um, that's the other thing the leadership team does is we all host all the ministry. I've, I've been a big advocate this whole time and kind of a defender of that ministry is a leadership pro, uh, a leadership issue. Yeah, It's not, I'm not going to hire a ministry coordinator and say, make sure you get all the, yeah. make sure you handle that. I want it to be visible that what we do for the kingdom comes out of that team, the That's leadership awesome. team. Talk to them a little bit about what you do with that kind of monthly meeting or mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. what your rhythm is and, and why you do it that way. Yeah, so each market, and we have two now, so mm-hmm. when I say that, it's not that exciting. <laughs> um, each market has its own monthly meeting, mm-hmm. and um, we still follow that pattern of um, both local... U.S. and international kingdom outreaches um, that are known to us um, can fill out applications online. We, our rules are you, we'll give dollars um, once once a year. So you fill out an application, you turn it in. Um, we have a ministry coordinator evaluate that application to across four pillars. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've already mentioned one of those. One is hey, does the church support you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, we, we want to <coughs> support um, new churches, new church planting, like Stadia. Mm-hmm. And we want to um, support widows and orphans. Was that a paid week. advertisement, by the way? <laughs> Money changing just, hands here. I just thought of it because... Oh, Stadia Church it. Planting. He's always got his fish. StadiaChurchPlanting.org. Anyway. No. They were awesome partners on that. We'll pause it and let you do like a little 30-second <laughs> <Yeah>. sponsorship ad. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so you gather your team together. Yeah, so once a month. And then these these applications are vetted. And then yep. um, the lead – like so Northwest Arkansas has a general manager mm-hmm. and, and the leadership team. And so the ministry coordinator says, we've got these five applications. They all have not been given to within the last 12 months – which one of them or two of them would you like to present yep. this month? And then the leadership team makes that decision, and they and then they coordinate and have that invite those guests. They give them a parameter of what to ask for. We like to do projects. We don't like to support salaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to yeah. do. Uh, we we learned from the beaten bows a little bit that there was a, a bit of um, reliance upon, like they'd say, we want to hire someone, and the beaten bows would be like, well, we'll support it. And then when that person, like the next year or whatever, it just became well. Well, of course you're going to give because you you yeah. you told this person we could hire them and yeah yeah so there was a little too much so we like to compartmentalize and say hey we're going to rethink about it every year we have mm-hmm. to reapply every year and we'll yeah. see how that helps us know what the bus- business environment is how mm-hmm. much money we have to give I yeah. don't ever even know really yeah um, but it also helps those ministries think project and limited. Like they don't become so reliant yeah. on the dollars. Yeah, you're not just enabling them; they're still right. goal oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. That's and what you guys point. did when I came and presented, your whole team was there. So kind of, yeah. yeah. so what you guys do, fighting spouses, everybody. We talk about that. Yeah, we want the whole family. They're not required to come. It's not a part of their job, but mm-hmm. they're invited, and many of them come. I'd say probably 70 percent of the employees come on any given ministry night once a once a month and they're all there they're usually in an owner's house or some a lot of times we'll also have these meetings at one of our partner ministries in town so at water gardens or one time we built a house for uh, a ministry called god's resort where they provide transitional housing and so we had it in that house and 
So we'll, cool. we'll have those meetings in various places and the entire team's invited and the enti entire team's in on the decision. So we have the presentation happen and then we pray for those ministries. We usually try to have a, a team member be the prayer who is the one who recommended the ministry or has some connection to the ministry. Yeah. And then as people leave, they get a survey on their phone or their email and they can provide feedback. And over the next week, people speak into uh, what the ask was and how they feel about the ministry and how they feel God's leading them. And then the leadership team takes all that information and we go over it in leadership and make a, de a, de a funding decision. And sometimes it's a no-brainer, full funding. Sometimes we've done things like, hey man, like we had a guy ask us about buying a building in downtown Joplin and building a skate park, which I have some experience with. <laughs> And we were like, don't do that. Yeah. We're not, and we're not going to help with that. Why don't you do it at your house? And if you do it at your house where your family lives so that you're there, mm -hmm. the same number of kids will come because mm -hmm. there's like, I don't know, 50 skaters in Joplin. I know all of their names. <laughs> there's never going to be more than 50 skaters in Joplin. <laughs> and um, they can come by your house on a Thursday. And we'll provide all the – what we will give you is we'll help you move your ramps and build your ramps at your house – and if you don't want to do that, that's fine, but that, that would be our advice. Yeah. And, and that's an important aspect, too, is we don't ever want to run anybody's ministry. So when we give, yeah. it is theirs to do with what they will. They might even ask for a special project. And I oftentimes tell people, I don't really care what you do with this money. Mm -hmm. What we're saying to you or trying <coughs> to communicate to you is we trust you. Yeah. Because good people do good things. Yeah. And so... That's kind of how we look at it after the fact. Once somebody's jumped through all those hoops, we kind of are like, eh. That's awesome. You got it. I like it. <laughs> I like that. That's so, really good. So do you want to end your... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll wrap it up here. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to do a standard closing or anything like that, but the, uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate the advice and your story. It definitely helps me. I mean, we're we're very very small, but I can see uh, us coming on some of those issues, and mm -hmm. I like uh, I like how involved your leadership is, um, and how. So, yeah, we'll wrap up. I'll ask other questions, but sure, sure. Um, I really I I do thank you a lot for for sharing that and your heart and passion behind all of it. Yeah, it's good to be in a room with like-minded people. Yeah. And it's incredible to hear your story. I mean, that's what I love about um, the kingdom is what you might do. Like, I can't wait till we talk in five years or yeah. when we see each other again because yeah. there'll be all kinds of things you thought of or that came out of. Yeah. And they'll, the same will be happening with me. Yeah. And God will just keep those seeds yeah. growing. And It's awesome. Alright guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. And a big shout out to Justin Moxley for setting that interview up. Um, super nice of him to take time out of his, I mean really, we, we spent half a day together. So time out of his day to set that up and then time out of his day to hang out with Dan and I. And then we all went out to lunch after that. Uh, just got to know each other a little more so again thank you Justin for doing that and big shout out to Dan Mitchell um, coming all the way from Joplin Missouri truly spending your entire day 
um, around just adding value to our audience, but really adding value to me personally and uh, looking forward to uh, developing this friendship and years to come. So thanks again to Justin and Dan for joining us on the show and hope you guys enjoyed this one. Until next week, you guys keep at it. We'll be back with you with more content around small business and leadership for the lawn care industry.